welcome to Medical Minefield, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. I'm Eve Simmons, and I'm the Deputy Health Editor at The Mail on Sunday. And today with me is The Mail on Sunday's star reporter, Nilifer Attic. Hello. Now, Nilifer is joining me today to discuss a strange vaccine-related situation that she finds herself in currently, but we will get to that in a minute. As always, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover on Medical Minefield, please do get in touch with us on Twitter using the hashtag Medical Minefield. Many would have woken up today feeling somewhat despondent following the Prime Minister's briefing yesterday in which Boris Johnson and his scientific advisers outlined the autumn and winter plan that seems slightly worrying and doom-laden. With roughly a 1,000 new daily hospitalisations, the Prime Minister said that he will not rule out a winter lockdown if things get much worse. Um, I don't know about you, but that makes me go slightly cold. There is a contingency plan, however, that's designed to stop us getting to that stage. The government are thinking about introducing things before, such as making us all work from home again, reintroducing mask mandates, and of course, we're going to start vaccinating children over 12. But to me, it seems like the government are slightly directing their attention at the wrong group of people. We know, for instance, that most hospitalisations are overwhelmingly in the unvaccinated. So to me, it would make sense to focus on convincing the large numbers of people who still haven't had their vaccine rather than kind of punishing those who have done the responsible thing to go out and get their jab by enforcing lockdowns come Christmas. Now, this is why I'm going to bring in Nilifer because she has some unique insight into the minds of the unjabbed. She is actually very good friends with somebody, her friend Sarah, who she's been friends with for about a decade, who is unvaccinated and is absolutely passionate about the fact that she does not want to take the jab. And I'm interested in what Nilifer has done to convince her friend, if she has done anything to do that or tried to, and whether she feels she can continue with their friendship, given that they have such opposing views about this. I'm sure that Nilifer's scenario is something that many of you out there are grappling with. I know that I certainly have done. And I'm wondering, what would you do in this situation? Could we all do our bit by trying to politely persuade people we might see on Facebook posting fake news about the vaccine? Or is it best to just leave them to it and not even engage? Nilifer, tell me a bit about when you first realised that you and Sarah were on completely different pages about the jab. Well, basically, it was on Facebook, sort of. I'd noticed posts from her talking about how um, she kind of felt that people following the guidelines, like wearing masks, were sheep and just not making their own informed opinions. And to some extent, I agreed with that when it came to wearing masks. But then she would discuss the vaccine and how potentially dangerous she felt it was, that, that people, again, were uneducated about this vaccine, that she felt the government was pushing it on people um, and brainwashing them, that kind of thing. And a lot of my friends felt like that, to be honest. It wasn't just Sarah. And at that time, I was sort of sat on the fence. I didn't really think one way or the other. What changed things for me was becoming ill with COVID myself and basically almost dying. Um, It was a horrible, horrible experience. And I've got a four-year-old son and, you know, my main fear was that if I got it again, I might not survive it and I'd leave him without without a parent, without a mom. 
I couldn't take that risk. And I thought, well, whatever the side effects could be of the vaccine, I personally don't think they could be as bad as getting COVID again, particularly when there were new strains coming out. And that frightened me. And that's why I decided to have the vaccine. But I did keep it secret from Sarah and from other friends because I felt they were so vehemently anti-vax that they might judge me. Well, I was going to ask you, did you try to convince them? Have you tried to send any sort of research papers their way or anything like that? What happened was eventually, recently actually, we were at a health club, sat in a jacuzzi, having a chilled moment. My friends and I, it was Sarah and another friend of mine called Jay, who's also anti-vax. And the topic, the subject came up again about the vaccine and, and how opposed they were to it and why and how they felt it wasn't fair um, for the government to, to basically force people um, into having it and people should be able to make their own choices and they're both which they're not being of, forced can I just interject they're not they're not being forced to have the vaccine well they say you know some anti-vaxxers feel like Sarah feel they're being forced by being brainwashed they're being kind of coerced into having it for example through the the potential introduction of vaccine passports that's a type of coercion in their opinion because they're saying people won't be able to travel. Would you say that it's had a strain on your friendship? Not a strain, but I did recently tell her, it was about a week or so ago, as I say, when we were at that health club, and I just blurted it out. I thought, you know, I'm not going to hide this from them anymore. My friends there and I were in the hot, in the jacuzzi. Jay was there, and they were talking about it. And I felt a bit angry because they, was, they had such strong opinions about why it was so wrong but that it should be everyone's individual choice. And I jumped in at that moment and I said, well, I've got something to tell you guys. I've been vaccinated. I didn't tell you for a long time because I was worried about how you might react. And then Sarah's face sort of dropped and she was a bit surprised. And we kind of got into a bit of a heated debate. And I found myself, I defended my decision by saying, but Sarah, you haven't had COVID or if you've had it, you haven't been symptomatic. You haven't been where I was. You haven't been afraid at home scared that you're going to die in hospital on a drip severely dehydrated um, with secondary pneumonia I mean I, I suffered hearing loss all sorts of things from COVID I was very very ill and I said with due respect unless you've been in that situation I don't feel really you can stand up and say I would never have the vaccine I think it's wrong I think people you know COVID isn't that bad you haven't been through it and her argument was that it's not fair for you to say that because I've had illnesses before. I've had chest infections. I've been really sick. You know, I still wouldn't have the vaccine. I said, yes, Sarah, you haven't almost died. Be honest. Have you ever been so ill? You've almost died. You've had to be rushed to hospital. And she said, no. And my argument was until you've been in that position and you know that fear. And I mean, in that moment in time anyone could have offered me anything to say you will never go through this again and I would have taken it I swear and I said you know until you've been brought to your knees by something like this really I don't think your opinion carries that much weight because you haven't been through the experience well I think that we should let Sarah say what she wants for herself Um, and that's why we're going to get Sarah on the line now Sarah are you there hi yeah yeah I'm yeah so tell us how you've come to this decision um, about not taking the vaccine. 
I mean, if I'm honest with you, the very first protocol is I'm very spiritual. I meditate. I connect to my intuition. That's like a regular thing for me. And immediately I just felt no. Um, so I guess then in a way I kind of did the reverse research because I then, you know, wanted to kind of back up what I was saying. Because people in the real world don't tend to like believe in intuition. So I was like, well, I need to kind of do a bit of mental gymnastics to actually understand where that decision came from. And you know, the more that I see, the more that it makes me kind of believe in my choice, like even when I see the real world, because there's so many scientists that speak out against it, the same as there are that speak for it, but they're deplatformed or quieted and they're not allowed a voice. Can I ask you which scientists they are? Who, who, what is it that you've seen? There's lots, like a couple of them is Robert Malone, who was invented in the actual um, invention of mRNA vaccines, um, Gert van der Bosch. There's, there's many more that I can't even necessarily remember the name, but I've watched like a lot of information on both sides. Um, and I don't like the fact those ones don't get a platform, they're discredited, they're removed from Wikipedia. <laughs> they're like, and that, that bothers me. I think it's important to say that some of these experts who or or these kind of uh, scientists who have been broadcasting their opinions uh, are, are kind of in the fringes i know that some people say people have been deplatformed but i wouldn't say that that's necessarily true of the information that is factually correct and i think that there's there's this problem with with information that isn't necessarily factual that's then being kind of fact checked and then perhaps removed or explained with the kind of questions about where this information comes from being being published so that people have all the information about where that's actually come from I mean, I disagree with that. I'm a big believer in free choice, freedom of speech. I think we should all be allowed to have an opinion and then make our own independent decisions based on our own personal body and health. So I I disagree. I think everyone deserves to have a voice and then, you know, we should make a decision as to whether, (laughs) you know, what we choose to resonate with and what we don't. Have you had any backlash from friends or family about your decision? both had the vaccine but they say they do understand why because I'm incredibly like live an incredibly healthy lifestyle I've got rid of autoimmune and lupus or at least kept it under control for like 15 years with diet and I've always trusted like natural remedies so uh, they actually understand why someone like me wouldn't have it most of my friends even if they have had the vaccine they aren't the kind of people that would sort of like wish somebody to die or hate them because they didn't do the same thing as them so not within my group but obviously online i mean another reason why i've not had it as well is since i've been on this like journey for a while and we've been a few months now i actually don't know anybody personally who's gotten very sick from covid like to the point of being hospitalized and so what do you you think when you see the the figures of the hundreds and thousands of people or millions around the world who have died from covid do, do you I think, think that you because you haven't they- I think you can cherry pick data to say whatever you want it to say, because the COVID deaths, I do believe people are dying of COVID. I do believe there is a virus, but those figures are within 28 days of having a positive test. Some of those people have died of car accidents. I do understand that there is some confusion about the statistics, but I do think that there are there are many very well-respected doctors, even A&E doctors, um, intensive care doctors who are world-renowned for their services, who, who say, you know, this is a real 
terrible problem um, and we're seeing um, hundreds and thousands of people dying of, of this disease certainly in the first and second wave and, and I think that their anecdotes are very difficult to argue with. I mean doctors speaking out on both sides like I said they just don't get a platform in the press. I see many doctors and nurses speak out that about vaccine reactions um, at the end of the day none of us know the long-term effects either but we do have lots of data from vaccines in general showing that they they are eradicated and actually the real life data from covid right now you see the the graphs there's been this this dramatic drop-off of of covid Depends purely because of, of the vaccine if you look at data from israel with the highest vaccination their cases have only gone through the roof so it just depends what data you choose to look at how you take test because obviously everyone's getting tests now because they're working you know it just depends how you take the data and how you present it that's but that, israel's hospitalization israel's hospitalizations and deaths are now um almost on the floor you know they're very 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 low compared to when there was no vaccination and the thing is we've, we've never said that this vaccine is um is uh you know sterilizing we've never said that it's it's completely protective against all infection but what it is incredibly effective at is preventing hospitalizations and death and getting very 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 sick with this illness which is what you can see from the data in israel I, i'm gonna stop there but i'm gonna bring nilifer in now because i think it would be interesting to hear from nilifer on um what she thinks about listening to what you've just said, Sarah, given Nilifer's illness with, with COVID. And I know that's something that, that she's discussed with you before. Hi, again. I do see Sarah's point of view, if I'm honest. And I completely respect her decision and her choice. Um, however, I do feel that a lot of anti-vaxxers, it's kind of a bit hypocritical. They, they get angry with people who choose to take the vaccine and say, you know, they're being brainwashed by everything they read and the data, etc. Um, and they're not properly informed, etc. However, people who choose to, va- to take the vaccine could say the same thing in reverse. They could say, well, it, it, you're choosing certain material online that might not be factually correct um, and might not be based on, on proper evidence. So you're choosing to believe that and you don't have an informed opinion. So, you know, it works both ways. Everybody can weigh their arguments to suit suit their own point of view. Um, And I do understand some of Sarah's concerns in terms of how well tested the vaccine has been and how long it's been around. They are things that concerns me, which is why it took me a while to decide to have the vaccine. But again, as I said to Sarah, it's all well and good reading data seeing data hearing stories and some of them can be false some of them can be true even you know friend of a friend this is what happened to them but it's a whole different emotional and psychological experience actually going through an illness and being at that point like Sarah was saying she didn't know anybody um, who'd been seriously ill well I was seriously ill I was in hospital. I was at the point one day when I thought, I'm not going to survive this. And I've never, no illness, I've had swine flu when that was around, and that was pretty bad. I've never had an illness like this. And I'm not saying it to frighten people because some people don't get symptoms and some people's symptoms aren't that bad. Sarah, can I, can I just bring you in? What do you think about Nilifer saying that you said you didn't know anyone who'd got very sick from COVID and she has been very sick. What, what, would you, what do you think about that? Well, I kind of meant to, I mean, Neil's probably the most sick person I meant uh, that I know. Um, I guess to be, if I'm completely honest with you, like at the time, Neil didn't tell us that she was that poorly. And 
I actually saw her writing on Facebook every day. So I kind of didn't realise how sick she was. It was only three days ago that I actually, she told me that she was that sick from it. I mean, if I'd have known that Nils was as sick as she was, I obviously would have helped more. I genuinely didn't know. Uh, this only, I only literally found out a few days ago when we were at the gym together. So I can't really comment on, <laughs> on the experience. Did it make you think about twice about your choice at all when you heard the other day about how sick Nilifer was did that make you kind of think oh no, well no I mean I felt sorry for my friend I don't want anyone to be sick you see I'm not one of those people that wants someone to die because they didn't have I think there's people out there that genuinely want someone to die who didn't have make the same choice as them I want everyone to be well I just personally don't think the vaccine is the way to do it for me that's my decision I, I respect other people's decisions if they want to have it it didn't make me think twice but I did I do feel that at that time Nilifa got sick she was going through like a really bad breakup she was very emotionally low and I think you know in the past that's when I've got really sick from things and you know I really hope like I want to support her with that because I think the more happy and healthy we can be in our lives the less chance we've got of getting sick of of, of anything I think she was in a vulnerable place and sadly got got poorly and I do feel bad I, I, I obviously feel sad for anybody that gets sick I just don't personally think the vaccine it didn't change my mind on the vaccine no how did you feel when Nilifa told you that she had had the vaccine did you feel betrayed at all no <laughs> I don't even feel betrayed if somebody actually lied to me or something like I, I you know it'd be hypocritical of me to say that I believe we shouldn't be forced to have it but I only ask you that because Nilifa was saying that she felt nervous to tell to tell you because you had a difference of opinion that's the only reason why I've, I've posed the question I think all my group of friends we have quite strong opinions um so she probably knows that I was like reasonably um you know against it to a point but of course not yeah. like uh, I wouldn't <laughs> care if my friends I have a three friends that are vaccinated and uh, that's fine you know that's their choice <laughs> to them. and what would you say Sarah that it's caused a strain on your your friendship with Nilifer no 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 that's good to know listen Sarah thank you so much for joining us um, and talking so openly about the topic now I know that a lot of the um country's leading scientists would probably argue with some of the um, things that Sarah was saying um, but everyone is entitled to their opinion and um, she has made her choice not to have the vaccine and that is um, her choice. Nelifer, she seemed to think that your difference in, of opinion didn't have much of an effect on your friendship. That's good. It is good. It could have however and I wasn't sure whether it would I wasn't 100% sure before I actually told her I'd had the vaccine. Sarah, as I say, is not a judgmental person, but I did worry that she'd feel disappointed in me and maybe it would change her opinion of me because, um, you know, I've always been a bit of a health freak, etc. Why does having the vaccine make you not a health freak? That's what I, Maybe I'm just not getting something, but surely getting well, a, a, a life-saving vaccine, it means that you're, you're interested in your health. You're doing the best for your health. By health freak, I kind of mean a person who has a more holistic approach to looking after their health rather than a um, rather than looking to Western medicine. People like that tend to use natural supplements to boost their immunity. They tend to turn to diet, exercise, things like meditation. And Sarah is of that mindset. She has a more holistic, natural approach to looking after her health and well-being. Well, now I think we should talk to a professional who will be able to advise us on how we should be talking to people who perhaps have anti-vax views and, and whether we can be friends with them. 
On the line now is another Nilifer, this time Dr Nilifer Ahmed, a psychologist and lecturer in social sciences at Bristol University. Dr Ahmed, thanks so much for joining us. Can pro-vaccine and anti-vax people ever be friends? Absolutely they can. It's about finding the commonality because there is so much more between our friendships than just these stances. And if somebody comes to you who has anti-vax views and you're very passionate about vaccines and you've had every vaccine going and you think they're brilliant, would you advise trying to convince the other person to change their mind or would you just forget about the subject and try and put it under a rock and never go there? I think there's a middle ground there. I think that as people who have had every vaccine going, if you're one of those people, then try and put yourself in the other person's shoes. Would you be easily convinced that all vaccinations are terrible and to change your stance? Probably not. We tend to be quite fixed on our ideas and our beliefs. So we're not likely to change our beliefs readily. So it's very unlikely that someone else will be willing to change their beliefs as readily too. But you could argue that given the situation that we're in, being anti-vax or choosing not to have the vaccine has really kind of widespread uh, consequences for other individuals and society as a whole. And so therefore, the kind of impetus uh, on us to convince other people to have the vaccine is is quite large and, and actually quite Im- arguably important. Do you, do you not think that it might be worthwhile doing so? It's really worthwhile having those discussions, but... It's important not to come at those discussions with armed with facts and with a blame and judgment attitude, because we know from psychology and from you'll know from all of your relationships that the facts don't matter when somebody is very emotionally vested. We use two very different parts of our brain. We use the logic part of our brain and the emotional part of our brain. And if somebody's fears are centered around the emotions and about fear and I don't know what this vaccine will do and if you look at the myths surrounding vaccinations they range from it being developed too quickly to it causing infertility understanding what's at the root of the anti-vaxxers fear that's where we need to tackle those conversations and start them and then that's where we can try and assuage and persuade them that maybe those concerns aren't rooted in fact and how can we get you to try and explore different ideas and what does the information say about your particular concern because all of our anti-vaxxers are not the same you know it's very easy to think that everyone is this one block of uh, having these attitudes that are all the same but actually people's resistance comes from very different places. Mm. I know there's some researchers that say is somewhere in the realm of about five to ten percent of people who are vaccine hesitant are um very very kind of passionate about their views and you just you cannot change their mind there's just that there's no budging for them how do you tell when you have somebody who is of that ilk and when you have someone who can be persuaded and and is kind of on the fence that's the communication that's all it comes down to is to understanding if there is a logical argument there Why have they come to this? And using our active listening skills is what we say, is that listen openly. As much as you are armed with all of the facts and you really want to share all of the positive aspects of vaccination, understand where they're coming from, listen to their position, and it will very quickly then become apparent if this is somebody who is absolutely fixed and will not change, 
or how what what are the signs that you're looking for if somebody is absolutely fixed and will not change they will have their own facts that they come with and they will reject other facts that you put to them so it might be that somebody says well I've read about the vaccination and I don't think it's safe because I have seen XYZ on the internet and that's absolutely the truth. And then when you try and present an alternative position or share your view of the facts, they're dismissed entirely. So there isn't that active listening. So if you are open to listen and to hear what they say and they reject anything that you say and say, no, that's nonsense and get very defensive, that's probably not a fight that you're going to win. That's not a conversation that will happen where there's to and fro. You share your information, they share theirs, and you listen to each other. If somebody is constantly closing you down, then that's not going to be a conversation where you can make any inroad. And is there anything that we absolutely should not say um, that's going to push them in the other direction? Don't judge and don't blame. There are so many reasons that people might have hesitancy about it. And it might be that somebody has received the message from someone that they trust. And and so what we're doing then is we're telling them essentially that the person who's given you that message is wrong. We're casting aspersions on that relationship. When we talk out of our sense of emotions, what we do is we tend to, when we're working through fear, it affects our perceptions and we end up focusing on other things and other differences and things that are factually based become laden with values and judgments so don't judge don't blame just try and understand i think that's great advice thank you so much dr ahmed hi sorry to interrupt your listening but there's another great podcast from the mail on sunday you might want to try liz jones's diary the podcast offering a weekly look into the life of britain's most unfiltered columnist that's me Find us at mailplus.co.uk. I thought Dr. Ahmed provided some very helpful tips there, but I've got to be honest, I don't think I would be able to be very patient or empathetic with someone who was so vehemently against vaccines. I really am passionate that everyone should get the jab. I've spoken to many intensive care doctors at this point who have seen a huge change in their patient group given that the vaccine is now a thing and is saving so many lives and I I don't think that I could ever have a real true trusting relationship with someone who didn't believe in the vaccines as far as I'm concerned there isn't anything to believe or not to believe in it it just is that they work and they are safe. Nilifer do you think that you can continue to be friends with people who are anti-vaxxers? I can, I can. It depends on their attitude towards me, however. If they were critical of my choice to have a vaccine and overly critical of, you know, if they were sat there saying, people like you are idiots. If it got personal, like Sarah says, our debates never get personal. If it became a personal thing, then no. And if somebody um, was very, very angry that I'd had the vaccine, it's my personal choice, just like it's their personal choice not to have it. You say that you have these fiery debates and they never become personal. I find that really interesting because I have friends, uh, not close friends, but kind of people I'm friendly with who I might see at certain events or celebrations or whatever. And um, sometimes we'll get onto the topic of politics. And if somebody has a different political opinion to me or we're talking about something that I 
feel particularly passionate about or they feel particularly passionate about and we, we butt heads, that does become really difficult. And and I really would struggle to, after that conversation has finished, to continue having a very kind of lighthearted, enjoyable evening with that person. Not that I would hold a grudge per se, but I do think that it affects the friendship and that perhaps you then, there's a growing sense of resentment. Uh, and every time you see that person in the back of your head, you're thinking they feel differently about this thing that is really important to me. Can you honestly and truly say that that, that isn't um, in your mind when you see Sarah? It, de- it does depend on the person. For example, I am a journalist and I had a friend who put a post up one time saying, all oh, journalists are scum, they're all lies and all this. And that to me is personal. Mm. <laughs> and this friend knows I'm a journalist and that to me is personal. So then I'm just thinking, no, this is an attack on me. This is not an attack on a vaccine. Sarah's opinions are about the vaccine. They're not about me. So when we're having a fiery debate, she's not saying to me, you're an idiot for deciding to have the vaccine. Then, of course, we would fall out. She's saying, I think the reasons for not having the vaccine are these. I think it's, it's better not to have the vaccine for this reason. That's not a personal attack on me. That's her defending her decision and kind of strengthening it with, with the information she's come across and explaining why she feels like that. There's a huge difference in that kind of debate with a friend. I can debate with anybody as long as it's not personal and making it personal is attacking that person directly. That's what Sarah and I never do. I don't necessarily agree with some of the things she does. Um, For example, you know, she is very spiritual and some of the the things she, she tells me about, I'm like, whoa, you know, do I really believe that? However, that's her personal choice. I might say, well, I don't necessarily think that that could happen, but if it happened for you, fine. We can disagree that way. So I, I do think vaxxers and anti-vaxxers can be friends and can have these debates. It depends how they have them. Nilifer, would you say, I'm just wondering, do you think that it would be different if, say, you, I know you've got a, a son, say your son was clinically extremely vulnerable and, you know, you knew that it was incredibly important for everyone who came into contact with your son or came into contact with you, who was then in contact with your son, uh, had protection from the vaccine. Do you think that that would make things slightly different? Because then it would be personal. Um, if I'm honest, yes. When it comes to my boy, I'll take every single precaution possible. Um, So, yes, if he was vulnerable in any way, I wouldn't be around anybody who hadn't been vaccinated. And to be honest, I would be going around still wearing masks, still washing my hands several times a minute. I probably wouldn't be going out a lot. Um, but when it comes to protecting my son's welfare, my son's life, it's a whole other ball game. It's interesting because even though, thankfully, you know, your son isn't in that category, there are a lot of people's children who are. Um, and so I would argue that, you know, when I think about people who haven't had the vaccine, I think about how I would feel if I was in that situation or a loved one was in that situation. And um, and that's kind of I, what I it understand. means to me. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And like I said earlier, we we all have a duty to our loved ones and we have a duty to one another as well. So I completely see your perspective. However, I don't want to live in a big brother society where we all feel bullied to do one thing or another. That isn't the kind of world I would want my son to grow up in. So it's it's weighing those two things up. Yes, we have a duty to look after each other. 
um, the world has a duty to look after one another and the planet. However, do we want to create a society where we don't have the freedom to make our own choices about everything, such as medicine, particularly when it comes to our own bodies and our health? We can't give that control over to anybody else. That's not what humanity is. Well, Nilifa, thank you so much for joining us today. This is a situation, uh, a podcast that could have gone terribly wrong and actually it turned out okay (laughs) in the end, she says. So that's all we've got time for today. You'll find all the latest health news in this weekend's The Mail on Sunday and visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. You can also follow us on Twitter by searching at mailplus. And as always, if there's a topic you think we ought to be covering on Medical Minefield, you can tell us by using the hashtag Medical Minefield. We'll be back with another topic on Medical Minefield next week. See you then.